This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room, but we're playing a little bit of Where's Max today? (laughs) Max is a little here, there, and everywhere. But where are you, my friend? Because the backdrop looks a little bit different. Yeah, the backdrop is a little bit different. I, I'm 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 in uh, I'm in the family room of this uh, house we rented. We're down. I'm down in Mexico this week. Oh, well, well, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, what? Excuse me. Where are we now? Uh, I'm in Mexico. I'm in oh. Mexico. I am. I am uh, enjoying a a a, a year delayed Thanksgiving uh, um, family trip. So how nice. We, yeah, yeah. So it, this this house is nice. Great Wi-Fi, so I can still do the show. Oh, so you yeah. guys won't miss me. Didn't have to call off. Didn't have to call in. I respect that about picture. you, young man. Way to go. Way to show up. Yeah. Hey, listen. You got to show up and show out. So that's what I'm doing. It is good. I can see the kids in the pool to my right. And uh, there's there's a huge TV in this, in this uh, family room. And yeah. No, this is a good scene. I would be outside doing this where you could see the water wolf. Right. But there's construction, so I wanted to be kind and not not not, not rub it in too much. I was going to say, that it's, it's not about being kind. It's about not rubbing it in too much. Oh, no, yeah. we're down in, Me- in Mexico, and you're having yourself a good time. Are you down there with anybody? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's our family, and it's the Farrier family. So Oh, oh would that be... Yeah. Potsy Farrier, you know, the guy who just went to the Hall of brand Honor. New, yeah, brand new Hall of Honor member, James You got to like that, Potsy. yes. Yeah. How yeah, nice no. is that? Oh, it, it, it's great. And our kids get along. I mean, we got we got six kids in the house and four adults pray for us. Oh, wow. May the Lord bless yeah. you and keep you and let everybody <laughs> be safe, Lord. Thank you. Amen. And, 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 and may our zone coverage work. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, when you're outnumbered like that, you know, it's, it's, it's just keep everything in front of you. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that's the biggest one. Two, two, two to nine is the age spread. So. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Very good indeed. Well, I can only tell you that yesterday's rendition of traveling Wolfley style uh, with, with commercial away from the team plane was a something out of planes, trains, and automobiles. We started off in L.A. at about, I think, a 5 a.m. wake up going, and all of a sudden um, things started being delayed, then delayed, then delayed yet again. And we, I finally got home about almost 1 o'clock last night. So it was oh – I have not seen any film. I've barely been able to keep up because, you know, I'm not technically – profound like you are you have all the technical stuff that happens and you can wire up and and yeah yeah you know i mean (laughs) i can't do that i can't find you know so i I get home and i'm cramming this morning and everything trying to find out everything that's going on but one of the things that's going on for sure is that the steelers came up short in a 41 37 max that's tough it's tough that was you know here's what i love about it though and I, i know there's a lot of people sit there and go oh they're they're bemoaning everything that was a game, man. That was fighting spirit. That was the guys hanging together. And despite the fact that they had to overcome some self-inflicted wounds and some adversity and everything else, they hung in there. They fought. They fought. They fought. They came up short. But certainly, I will say, at SoFi Stadium, which, by the way, is a magnificent stadium, no doubt about it. 
But that was one heck of a game, Max. It was indeed, Wolf. I mean, just, you know, it was one of the things that the game got out of hand early. But then it's like all of a sudden they went and they just responded. I mean, they were when you thought it was going to be done, right? It's about nine minutes left in the fourth, right? I mean, the Chargers have been scoring literally at that point almost on every drive at will. And the Steelers said, you know what? We're not going to have it. (laughs) We're not going to have it. And they went on a tear in the span of the last, what, six, uh, I'd say what, from like eight to like two minutes. I mean, putting up points after points, 27 points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, It just showed the resiliency of this team, that they're going to fight, and they're going to scratch and claw and do whatever they can to win. And even though it wasn't a victory, I mean, here's the thing. We didn't deserve to win by the way we played the first three quarters of that game. But that fourth quarter, man, it was something special to watch um, when they just came back battling. I mean, think about this. Another Miles Killer Brew punt block right that results in points um the cam Sutton, you know uh interception, interception play the very next drive i mean those are the plays we've been waiting for right we've been talking about the defense being so close right so close and you know it was just it was awesome to see it was electric on the sidelines but you know the one thing that came up to rear its ugly head right injuries injuries was the tail of the tape for this game. Um, and we just couldn't sustain. I mean, it was, it's one of those things when you've had so many injuries to one side of the ball, this is the sad part where it reared its ugly head. And the offense tried to respond and tried to, tried to elevate them. But I mean, that was the thing. I mean, you don't have TJ, you don't have Joe, you don't have Alualo, you don't have to it. Um, you know, Carlos Jameer Davis Jones is gone. Ingram's gone. Right. right. Carlos Davis still hasn't played. I mean, Isaiah Laudermilk. He got. Yeah, he's injured too. So I mean, what 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 else is there? I mean, you have literally guys you're you're signing on the week playing on game day. Um, but I mean, but but listen, they fought and they gave it their all. Taco Charlton had, had his first sack. I mean, you know. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're starting to see that production. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was a fun back and forth, high scoring game. It was indeed, Max. You know, the thing about it is, I look at this, and you know, it starts off. You don't have your quarterback for a week, you know, and he comes out there, and some of the things that 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 just stand about this game was, you know, just the fighting spirit of these guys. Uh, I got to say this, Justin Herbert was better than I even anticipated, and I thought he was going to be pretty good. But nobody, and I don't think anybody out there could say, um, they knew this kid could run, too, and, and be so effective at it, um, And which, <clears throat> you know, is distressing enough. <clears throat> but the third thing I'll tell you is, I'm t- Ben was unbelievable. How do you do that? Look at Russell Wilson. Look at some of the other quarterbacks that came off of some time off, and they it, they don't look like themselves. You know, Ben comes out, leads yeah. his team, and uh, shakes off COVID. Everything else is a heck of a job by the young man. So I, I you know, you got to go salute to him, and uh, you know this team. Now that uh, that means nothing because let's face it, 
It's Tuesday. It's beautiful out. You know, you sit here and you go, okay, what do you do after a loss like that? Well, this is the beauty of the NFL. You lick your wounds for 24 hours. Now you got to reload because you got the Cincy Bengals waiting for you in Cincinnati. And I got to tell you that they are looking pretty good. And certainly is a, is a team that's uh, wobbling right now at 5-4-1. and one. Uh, This is a big, big game now, even more so. So you got to reload. And you know what it's like. You know, you can't sit there and cry about this and that and this and that. You got to sit there and say, we have to reload and we have to get better. And the thing about it is, the standard is the standard. Right now, there's a lot of less than standard production. Just because it is doesn't mean it's so. In other words, Chalucho always used to say, that being Tunchilkin, just because it is today does not necessarily make it so tomorrow. You know, because guys find within themselves whatever they need to get the job done. And so that's what's got to happen. Now, whether it will or not, we don't know. But you can't, you know, the thing about it is you can't find those guys walking along the boulevard of the Allies or whatever and sign them up to rush the passer. I mean, there's the George Young, the old GM of the New York Giants who, you know, the planet theory. There's only a couple of few people on the planet that can that are they're able to play in that league, you know, and at, a, at an acceptable level. So, you know, in my mind, this this is good about you got to reframe in your head. Uh, getting back to work and going after it this week because you cannot afford to sit here and commiserate on what you just transpired out in uh, L.A. No, you're absolutely right. And the team that you can leapfrog is right in front of you. I think that's the other thing you have to remember is that if you beat Cincy, guess what? You go in front of Cincy. Right. And you start climbing your way in. This race is literally a game and a half difference you know and i think that's kind of how we have to treat it um if you're pittsburgh we're still in this fight this fight is very tight this isn't this isn't oh my gosh we're out of it because of this loss this is oh my gosh we're still in this fight even though we have not been at full strength and we have not played our best ball our best ball still in front of us and once we start getting you know some health on our side we can still be a formidable team. I mean, less than half strength, you still go toe-to-toe with a very high-scoring offense in the L.A. Chargers. Um, that, 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 get, that gives you a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of hope in this race. And I think that's what the most important thing is, is that you just have to take, take it, as, as they always say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You just got to take one <laughs> bite at a time, one step at a time. You know, that uh, 60 ounces that I consumed in Cleveland at this one uh, metery joint, uh, it was prime rib. Oh, it was so good. I mean, I killed it. This thing came out. The chef came out and shook my hand after I consumed it. I mean, that's. I I, what what that's dedication. That's that's just that's just major dedication. And that's, uh, you know, that's accepting some applause from a first rate chef over consuming a 60 ounce plus prime rib. Boy, I got to tell you, that was just a monumental eating feat. It was a caloric slaughter of magnificent proportions. And that is why I use my phrasing. Because if it's if it's prime rib or an elephant, one bite at a time, right, Craig? <laughs> you, just, you just put your head down and you just plow away, bud. That's you just got to plow away. That's how the Steelers have to do. They've got to plow away. You and, know what? And you, know, you got a 17-gamer. How about that? A 17-gamer, just yes. like your 60-ouncer. Yes. You know, it's funny because the thing that I always go back to 
uh, is, and you were there, 05, knowing how things turned out going through that stretch at the end. You know, I mean, the thing about it is you got to play your best ball at the end of the year. No matter what's been going on, you got to pull it together. And what, if you do, and remember that team, what, the first six seed to ever go through and win a Super Bowl? It was Correct. everything was looking bad. Everything was looking, you know, like it was tough and stuff. Um, but that was a team that really pulled together. They got their act together. They played together as a team, as a unit. Uh, and, and they put that sort of production on the field and took you all the way to Detroit and through Detroit. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it, it's something that teams can get a run and teams can catch fire at the right time. You, you know, teams that we caught it early last year and it fizzled out, right? You know, we went 11 and 0, and then the end, it kind of just, you couldn't keep that pace. But if you catch it, you know, Coach Tomlin used to always say this, it still says it. He's like, teams don't, teams that are contenders don't lose in December. And we're not in December yet. Yeah. So we still got time to get to lick our wounds. Like I said, it's a game and a half behind right now. That's it. And we've got plenty of football left, so now it's time to kick it into overdrive. And you can go on a win streak, and you've got all your division games still ahead of you. I mean, we've we've only played two of them. We still got four left. No, we haven't seen Baltimore at all yet. We still got like we said, we got Cincy again, and then we got Cleveland again at the end of the year. So this thing is not guaranteed to anybody yet. And teams that we thought were bad at the beginning of the year are starting to get better. Teams that were good at the beginning of the year starting to get worse. So it's just creating that type of consistency in this last moment to where you can make that drive and push. And I think we've had enough of the issues, the the injury bugs and everything else that we should be able to now know what we have, evaluate, and be able to overcome. Well, the big thing is, like you're talking about, is being able to overcome. And that's been one of the problems one of the issues that uh, you know we've been talking about. When you look at this team and going into that game, I mean, the the fact that you you're going into without your starting guards, you know, with Dotson out, you know, Trey Turner was only coming back when we thought he was going to be out. You know, um, there was uh, again all the other guys, and there's a lot of people that are getting upset over the, shall we say, the standard is the standard, but some guys aren't meeting the standard. But you know that is part and parcel of what it is. Uh, on a football team, you know, there's nothing unusual about it. You know, Max, I think about, you know, back in the day, uh, it was never verbalized as the standard uh, to Chuck Knoll, but it was playing at a level acceptable to your teammates, you know, and, and commensurate with your teammates. And, you know, yeah. that sort of thing, you always know, the starter's a starter for a reason. The backup's a backup for a reason. You know what I mean? There is no third team, as, as, as Kevin Colbert and Mike Tom would point out. You know, these are the yeah. things that you understand about a football team, and those are the things that make you rise up as a player and increase your level of play, or you fall by the wayside, and at some point in time, uh, your services will no longer be required. And that's just some, that's, a, that's part and parcel of what the nature and the life cycle of the NFL is all about. Yeah, it's the life cycle. And also, you have to be there long enough to know what the standard is. Some guys were on that field that literally had just gotten Great there point. and did not know what the standard was, but they do now. And that's one of the things that made it so tough, right? I mean, how many times were we scrambling trying to figure out, okay, well, who's on the field? Who's this? Right. I mean, that that's just how bad 
absolutely decimated we were with injuries that we had guys coming in on the week that were playing on by Sunday. And I think, you know, to still put guys out there, yes, it, it was uh, it was a rough at times. And, you know, Coach Tomlin talked about it coming out of the halftime that, hey, we're not playing with cohesion. You have five new guys on defense. I, at one time, I think I counted four new guys at one point that were in at the same time on the field. That's tough to communicate if those guys don't know what the system is, haven't gotten in the flow, and are expected to produce. I mean, that, that's a tough ask for any human being. Um, but they went out, and listen, this game was still close. At the end of the day, this is a four-point four ball game that could have easily, Craig, could have easily been a 24-point blowout. Oh, no question. No question. And they didn't. If this was at the beginning of the year, think about the Vegas game. Think about that Cincinnati game earlier this year where it just got out of hand and it was out of reach. This team showed resolve from that. They've learned from their past mistakes, and they went above and beyond to get us back in a position where we could win this game at the end of it. And But for a, <clears throat> a fourth-quarter breakdown there at the end, uh, this, this could have been a decidedly different game, a game that was uh, just monumental in, in comeback club history. I mean, that would have been something for the ages. But as it was, it, it wasn't it. But we're going to take a break now. We'll be back with more Maxes in Mexico. Hey, and don't forget, we got Bob Labriola coming next segment, correct? All right. Je I got to tell you, you know, the ninjas are all over me already. Jacob's on it, man. So we'll be back with more Max Good. in Mexico, Labs, wherever he's ensconced right now, right after this. <laughs> is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is one of my favorite times of the week. We have Steelers historian, Steelers Digest editor, and game day contributor. That would be the great Bob Labriola, author also of Asked and Answered, and a guy who puts himself out there each and every week and answers your questions, and by golly, Labs, this one... There's, there's a little vitriol in the asked and answered, I'm sure. And I know that uh, you probably got some uh, things that are, are, are kind of itching at your crawl there to get out. Well, you know, I mean, um, sometimes I just get tired of careless um, drivel. Right. You know, if you're going to, you know what they say, Wolf, and it's like people uh, who call your show, if you're, if you're, if you're going to come at the king, Bring, bring them both loaded or you know, <laughs> stay home. Yeah, go big or go home. Bring what That's you got right. and lock and load. You betcha. Labs, again, you know, a lot of people are getting uh, kind of disgruntled. And you kind of look at it, in my mind, I look at this and in, in just because, by the way, we were at planes, trains, and automobiles. Boy, did you miss a trip yesterday. I mean, it was <laughs> that, that thing. We started off at 5 a.m. and we got home. I, I would say I got home about one o'clock in the morning, and it was wow. <laughs> that was I didn't know how spoiled I was traveling with the team. That's for sure. But regardless, this team comes back and they've got about 24 hours to uh, lick their wounds. But what do you see as job number one and getting prepared this week? Get healthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know the, the next man up, I mean, that's a nice philosophy, and I believe that's what coaches have to say, and that's what they have to tell their team. 
and you know they have to kind of show their team that they believe that and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, when you're losing first team all pros on a couple of three levels of your defense, right? Um, there's there's no such thing as next man up for that. There just isn't. And um, you know, I, I the the way that the, the defense was toothless without uh, T.J. Watt and Minka and Joe Hayden, and then you know with the other guys. And we haven't seen the starting defensive line, or what we thought was going to be the starting defensive line, take a snap together this whole season. Um, you know, we're we're in a spot, and I don't mean this as a criticism to Isaiah Loudermilk by any means. I want to make that clear from the beginning. But when he was drafted, I mean, you know, what I was hearing was, you know, he's a nice developmental guy, size, speed, you know, defensive lineman, uh, teach him how to play. You know, maybe he needs a year in a practice squad, that kind of stuff. Well, here we are, what was that, week 10, or the 10th game, and um, not having Isaiah Loudermilk was considered a significant uh, hit. I mean, that's how far the defensive line has fallen, where you go from a guy who, at the start of training camp, you were thinking, well, you know, maybe we can sneak him by on a practice squad, to, oh my God, what are we going to do without this guy? in a regular season game. And so, uh, you know, I like how fans, um, you know, they like to play uh, junior GM. And, you know, what do you think the Steelers' needs are, blah, blah, blah. What are they going to do for a quarterback if Ben retires? You know, all those kinds of things. But if you ask me right here, right now, what's the Steelers' biggest need? Defensive line. Because I don't think, um, you know, we we can talk about the inside linebackers and what they're not doing. But, I mean, I don't think that um, you know, the defensive line and what those guys are supposed to be doing to help the inside linebackers do their job, I don't think people understand that sufficiently. And um, that's a big part of it, I believe. No, it absolutely is, Bob. I mean, watching it from the sidelines, you know, it was just <laughs> – it was tough. I mean, and even, like you said – Losing significant players at each layer of this defense, I mean, it's where it comes apparent. I mean, at one point, when you talk about Justin Herbert and not being a mobile quarterback, he looked very mobile and and able in that game. And you saw the gaps in the coverage and guys trying to learn what to do and how how to run these games and stuff. And it was uh, it was very frustrating um, at times, but also, you know, you look at, and there's still a fourth quarter that happens and they, they do step up and put us in a position to win. But like you said, in the end, you know, that Mike Williams play just kind of was that, was that dagger that they couldn't recover from. And that to me was the absence of Minka. I don't think that yeah. happens or it doesn't happen like that where the guy's wide open, right? you know, just running free down the sideline. Um, because I, I don't know, and, you know, and I'm watching it on TV, so I'm kind of uh, captive to what they're showing. But it seemed to me that two guys jumped on, two defenders jumped on one receiver, and Williams was free, or at least free momentarily. And in the NFL, you know, Mike Williams is a good player, and Justin Herbert is going to be. But I think Justin Herbert, and Max, you might be able to speak to this. He reminds me of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. a young man. Yeah, I mean his. His athletic ability, and you know, Ben could run, 
and you know do some things in the open field, big, strong, big arm, you know all that kind of stuff. Just a you know a dime store comparison off the top of my head. That would be it. But you know you don't. Justin Herbert doesn't need much, you know, of a window in the first place, uh, and that one was wide, wide open on that throw to Mike Williams at the end of the fourth quarter. Labs, let me ask you something. As a guy who's uh, – you've seen sort of the hypocrisy of the NFL from uh, time to time, as we will take note. There's a lot of uh, stuff being written about the uh, supposed punch, Cam Hayward, on Justin Herbert. And I, I'm sitting there, I'm going, where, where's the talk about Kaiser White trying to take the head off of Najee Harris? I mean, that was so blatant, so out there, so – ridiculously against what the NFL has been trying to get done over the last how many years, uh, and, and nobody said anything about it. Nobody said anything about Storm Norton, all 6'4", 340 Absolutely. pounds of them, um, nailing from the blind side a defenseless Cam Sutton laying on his back, knocking his helmet off. I mean, I, I didn't hear anything about that, but the people are going, oh, oh Cam punched. Justin Herbert, if, if that was, let me tell you something. I've watched Cam Hayward at his entire professional career. When Cam wanted to punch somebody, they knew they were being punched. There was no, there was no like, gee, was that a punch or was that a belly rub? I don't know. You know what I mean? It was just that's ridiculous to me, and I can't the the the, the NFL going on and on about that drives me a little bit crazy. Well, you know, let, let's just go back to the beginning of the. Cam Hayward, Justin Herbert play. Uh, first of all, kudos uh, to Cam Hayward for getting his 300-pound body that far down the field. Right. Uh, at that stage of the game, you know, to make that play. I Again, watching it on television, I couldn't say if that was a touchdown safety tackle or not. But, um, you know, kudos. It was. To the it was. Captain. <laughs> okay. Uh, kudos to the defensive captain for, you know, playing like a captain to the end. Um, and, you know, at the end of that play, Cam was too exhausted. He was just laying on top of Justin Herbert because he couldn't move. I mean, that's the way I saw that. He was initially just laying there because I don't think he could get up. I think he was so gassed at that point of the game after that particular play that, you know, he just needed and he couldn't move. So the number seven, I think it was, from the Chargers, comes over and starts it. Andre Roberts, yep. Okay, starts it. So, um, that's the guy. Why didn't he get a penalty? True. You know what I mean? I, 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 that's, that's the first thing. Now, um, I think, let me just say this, uh, if, if the, you know, the rules were reversed, I remember a play in, um, in Baltimore where Haloti Nauta uh, trying to you know, uh, slap at the ball as Ben was throwing it, came down and he broke his nose. Right. Now, I don't, you know, I don't remember that as being, you know, and I hate the Ravens as much as anybody, so I don't want to <laughs> let me get that out first. Um, but I, I, I don't remember that as being a malicious, uh, purposeful act. However, he broke Ben's nose. And so there was all. And he was smiling afterwards, Bob. Okay. Well, he was, you were there, he was smiling afterwards. Yeah, okay. I was pissed at that moment. Sorry. Okay. I, yeah. right. <laughs> well, okay. I appreciate you know the clarification, so I won't use yeah. that as an example anymore. But I just think that you know fans of their team uh, want to protect their team, and 
fine. I get all that. Um, I also understand that the announcing crew, uh, especially in time, Chris Collins would have an open microphone in front of his mouth. Uh, you can expect uh, the criticism of the Steelers to be regular. Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily fair, but um, Wolf, as you remember uh, from you know the old uh, old time Steelers days, Jim Boston, who used to stand next to the Steelers bench um, at Three River Stadium, right. he was kind of um, the old old time Jack Kearney on game days. Right. But anyway, Buck used to tell me that he always yelled at Collinsworth um, after he retired from the Bengals. When he'd see him, he'd say, you know, you rip us because we used to beat your at Three River Stadium all the time. <laughs> True. So, all right, so I think that there's a little bit of that. And, um, you know, hey, like I said, I hate the Ravens. So Collinsworth, he can say we hate the Steelers. I just take everything he says with a grain of salt. I want to see what the NFL does but I have, uh, about this. I have absolutely no confidence, though, well, since you brought up the H word. Hypocrisy. I have no, I have no faith in the league to do the right thing. I mean, they find CB Lamb, the receiver from the Cowboys, more money than they find Aaron Rodgers for perpetrating that fraud about his vaccination status. Okay, CB Lamb gets fined more money for uniform violations for having his shirt untucked, you know, or his socks too high, you know, or all that other kind of silliness than Aaron Rodgers got fined. So. Um, we're going to see what it is. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, Cam Hayward is a, um, is the kind of man he is, the kind of player he is. Uh, I don't need uh, to have him uh, verified or anything like that by the NFL fining system. Um, to me, he should be the Steelers MVP this year. Uh, you know, he's active in the community. Cam last week on his day off, he's out passing out turkey. Right. You know, so that's the kind of guy he is. I don't care what the NFL thinks. Um, you know, and it's not my money. So I can say this. I don't care what they find him. Um, I'm just happy. Cam Hayward, you know, is recognized for really what he is in his own locker room, in his own city. And, you know, thank God that he has the kind of contract where I'm sure that uh, it's not necessarily a, a something you're going to ignore when they take it out of your check, but it's not anything that's going to have them eating, uh, you know, spaghetti out of a can either. <laughs> yeah, oodles of noodles. The oodles of noodles, right. uh, Bob. Right. Absolutely. Right. All right, <laughs> Labs. We got to roll, brother, but thank you so very much. I appreciate you and your clarification on what was happening there. Thank you, brother. All right, one thing real quick. Hey, Max, in the, in the 20s this morning, temperature, you missing that? Huh? Huh? No, nope, nope, not at all. Not at all. Sunshine and board shorts right now. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Flip flops over snow boots every day. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Labs. All right. All right. We'll be back with more Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room while Max is in Mexico. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the Locker Room. Max, oh, yes, guess what? I have to mute. 
Aha, there's where the echo you know, comes in. That's it. You know, I mean, you think that after, what, week 11 here, I'd have it down. Yeah. And, and, and Jacob's like, hey, idiot, mute. 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 All Not right. Mute, but mute. <laughs> well, a moot point is whether Ben can come back after taking a week off, after being COVIDed out, a guy who – you know, he's he feels uh, some of the symptoms coming on. He self-reports. They, you know, doesn't come down to the team hotel because that's a smart move. It turns out he does indeed have COVID. He sits out all week long, goes through the, the the whole COVID thing, comes out the other end, and with just nothing but throwing some passes to his trainer uh, at the end of the week on a three-day ramp-up cardio and sitting it out through the early part of the week and zooming and everything, he goes out and goes 28 of 44 for 287 or something like that and, and three TDs. I mean, Gadzooks, that's a pretty darn good, impressive performance coming off uh, COVID. Exactly, and especially when you know the game plan had to have some run emphasis early in the game plan. Like, hey, Ben, we're going to take it easy and – ease you back into play right and the and the game doesn't dictate that exactly the game dictates that ben must get the ball out and he must throw it around the field and you saw him really step up and rise to the occasion and and, and have a very good performance i mean finished with what a, i think it was what 103 uh something like that right his uh, qbr faster rating yeah yeah so i mean that lets you know that ben was humming on all cylinders that he can still fight head to head with, with with uh, with younger QBs, and I think that's also one of the things is Ben, no practice, no problem, and you know that rest really helped see the Ben of old uh, come on out there. You know the problem was it just not enough time in the end, and like you said, a lot of uh, a lot of offensive line shuffling and and injuries to overcome, but Ben had a fine performance. And Ben was not the reason why we failed. And people want to talk about, oh, my gosh, you know, Ben's getting old. I can't wait to get a new QB, da-da-da-da-da. Hey, not so fast, my friend. Ben still has some juice in the tank. That is absolutely the truth. You know, you think about him coming back without having any practice being around even. um, And he's able to deliver the ball and do so under some severe, you know, well, let's face it, SoFi Stadium is a showcase stadium in the nfl sunday night football this is a big thing traveling all the way there you know i don't think that makes you feel real good on the back end of covid be able to have to travel like he traveled right but he's out there he gets the job done leads the team um makes the young guys the thing i love about is this and you know what it's like to stand in the huddle with him for me it was blonde bomber terry bradshaw that you believe in this guy, you see in this guy that determination to overcome his great perseverance, his ability to deliver under extraordinary circumstances and um, pressures, and 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 yet you you got you love it to be in the in the in the fight with him because he's that sort of guy, and that's the way it was with Bradshaw and those guys back in the day. That's the way it is when you know when you were playing. Ben is a gamer. I mean that that that's all it comes down to. And when you look at it, that determination, knowing what he was coming back from and for him to show up and show out the way he did, you can't help but fight. 
right? I, I think that was one of the biggest things, especially for those young guys, right? right. You know, the Kendrick Greens, the Dan Moores, the Najis, the Pat Firemoves that are there in the huddle with him in year one, and this dude's in year 18, and to do what he did coming back off of being, you know, feeling symptomatic with COVID, um, and to come back out here and a week later, he 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 is he is fighting, he is dodging, he is throwing, he is scrambling, <laughs> and he's giving you every ounce of him out there on the field. I think I think that 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 could only help to inspire and galvanize a group that is that is learning its way. Um, he is the leader of the of, of that group, and guys are looking up to him, and they're like, "Man, listen, no matter how bad I feel, I just have to look back at seven. It's going to be all right because I know that he feels just as bad as I do." but he's still showing up to perform. So I've got to go dig deeper in that well. And I, 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 I got to bring something back out. I got, I, there's something left in there at the bottom of that tank. I just got to scrape the bottom of the barrel and get it out. And, that, and that's what it is. And that's the scratching, clawing, fighting that we're going to need. Cause that's where the Steelers team is now. Um, they're a team that has to make it ugly. They've got to keep it close. There's not going to be these humongous blowout victories. Um, and you have to learn, and that, that's teaching that resiliency within this team. That is exactly it. Look, one of the things that demonst- was demonstrated so much in my mind about Sunday night was the fact that, you know, you, you want to get the run game going. You want to be uh, run capable and, and all these things. But the fact is, when you are down so many defensive stalwarts, so many big people on your defense, and we know that the standard is the standard, and you have to play according to the standard. But when guys fall below, which they will do, even the standard bearers fall below it from time to time. That's just the nature of the game. Um, you have to also start to look at, wow, the passing game is going to start coming back again, and it's going to be start, start being uh, loaded on Ben's shoulders even more so. And you hate to see that. And one of the things that bothered me most was, and I, and I know that Adrian Clem just had to be just beside himself towards the end because that finish, they, this is what I love, that group of guys, they fought all night long. Loved it, right? But the finish, where yeah. he went sack, sack, uh, he got a penalty, an incomplete pass penalty. You know, that right at the end there, that just, you want to go out on your on your shield. You know, you, you want to run out of plays, run out of time on the field. You're battling all the way to the end and something happens. But you don't want to be being backed up like that and, and just end in such a non, uh, you know, just, it was a whimper. It went out, you know, you went out with a whimper. Yeah. And that's just... So frustrating because these guys deserve to fight. They deserve the better fight at the end. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, like you said, they fought, they fought, they fought. And, I mean, you have, we had to realize they had a T.J. Watt on their side of the ball. And, right. And Joey Bosa. Right. That's and true. they had done a great job for the majority of the game of keeping him at bay. And they just ran into the right stunt. And unfortunately, you know, Joe Haig had to take the brunt of that, right, uh, on the ET game. A right. guy who plays tackle, a very tall guy, coming in, playing guard when Hassenauer goes out. B.J. Finney's not, not, you know, couldn't go. And, you know, he fought, and he fought. And listen, this is where I talk to you about, Craig. It's the nuance, right? If, if you're an experienced guard or you're a guy who's played guard, uh, you know, a good amount in your career, there's some things you're going to learn, especially on the ET game, right? right? If you got beat the first time, you're going to set off the ball together. 
just to make sure you create a picket fence with some depth so things can unfold in front of you. And in that situation, you're so hyper-aggressive. You know it's a pass play. You know you don't want these guys to get started. So you get a little more aggressive, and they got on separate levels. And Joe got edged on Joey Bosa cup knifing inside of the, across the tackle's face. Now Dan Moore has to do a, a better job of kind of leveling him out and kind of He's got to flatten him out. Inside shoulder yeah. up. He's got to flatten and toss. And But once again, you're dealing with a rookie and a guy who doesn't normally play guard um, on the same side working together. And unfortunately, at the worst time you could you could you could have that happen to you, it happens. Yeah. But that guy across from him gets paid a whole heck of a lot of money to do <laughs> things like that, like a TJ Watt, and their big players stepped up in big time games. And we didn't have that big time player on our side of the defensive ball. And so that was really the difference. Because I mean, face it, Craig, if I told you that the opposing team is going to outgame you by over 200 yards right offensively you would be like well that's a blowout and this was still a four point game yes we had the lead at one point at the at the end of this game yes and we had scored 27 fourth quarter points in this uh, in this game i i mean it, it it the resiliency and the fight was awesome to see that yes it came up short but it also told me that this team has more talent than than a lot of people want to give them credit for. And they they've got guts. And it was it was I mean, it was still a heck of a thing to experience, to watch, and to know that you were still in this game at the end when in times past, this probably was a mail it in. Get ready for the next game. We got a long flight back home and we, uh, it feels like a short week, almost like a Monday nighter, you know, with the time difference and where you're at, but I like the fight. And guess what? Joe Haig, Trey Norwood, Cam Sutton, all of them are going to learn, you know, uh, from these experiences. And 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 you and you, you like to say, hey, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Right? I mean, it's I'm not going to get beat again on some of the things that I that I got. And the talent's not going to be the same, um, you know, come moving forward. I, I should be better combated. It, it's an experience. Um, but they gave us they gave us some excitement and some joy and a heck of a game and a lot of points scored in this ball game. They really did, you know. And again, I I I love the fact that they stayed in it. They stayed in the battle. It was just unfortunate that last that last series was just uncharacteristic of what the whole night had been like. And that's I think part of the frustration. Joe Haig has done very well. He played uh, what Detroit. He played at right guard. Right and now he's playing yeah. some left guard and left and right can be confusing. Believe you me, as someone who uh, yeah. had some issues on the right side, <laughs> uh, you know, going back and forth like that can be a little bit uh, confusing. But the even bigger than that is the tackle the guard thing. And when you have those twist stunts, uh, that's just unfortunate. They were not able to uh, be able to block Joey Bosa, who again, like you said, is very much like T.J. Watt and their T.J. Watt and a high paid well compensated uh pass rushing specialist yeah and 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 he showed it right well he did but like i said for the majority of this game though they kept him in check they did they did a they did a really good job of keeping him at bay for the most part and it's unfortunate that when he did get off was at that moment right? yeah. <laughs> you know at the end of the game well generally that's how, what makes him so well compensated right because they do come through yeah. And in, in prime time moments, 
you know, yeah. uh, a la the Deion Sanders primetime. Excellent point. And you know what? It, it, kudos to them. But, you know, I also look at our squad. I'm like, you guys fought, man. You yeah. guys fought. You were bears. And, you know, you were bears in the ring. And once again, it was like it was like watching a heavyweight prize fight. Right. Punch after power punch after power punch. And and it and it gave you something to cheer and root for. You know, it was funny. You know, some people said that they left like eight minutes left in the game. And I was like, man, if you left that soon, you missed some absolute fireworks and a true race to the finish um, between two teams that are very electric. Like I said, you look at the points scored. I mean, this was a high scoring game. It wasn't the high scoring game of, of the season by any stretch for the NFL. But for the Steelers, this was one of their highest scoring games. And it was it was exciting to watch. Because you look at, you have that drive, Najee leaps into the end zone, and then what unfolds literally, boom, 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 in the span of like three minutes, <laughs> you're like, yes. what? What just happened? What just happened? They just put up 17 points in the blink of an eye. Absolutely. And by the way, that's something we got to start unpacking in the second half, because the one thing about it was we had an appearance by a young man named Zach Banner. And by golly, it was good to see him out there, wasn't it not? Huh? Oh, I can't tell you how excited I was to see 7-2 trotting out there and doing doing the hand-down swipe right. to let him know he was eligible. I was like, the incredible bulk <laughs> uh, came out there. And what, one for one, one play in, one touchdown scored. It was tremendous. And I was just like, man, what what can be? Because we still got a lot of season left. What can be if we can figure out a way of getting him some more frequency out there on the field? There's no doubt about it. That's six foot eight, 350 pounds of man moving muscle. You know, and he, the more he gets out there and starts to get acclimated, I really like the opportunities that he presents for this offense to do something special. Uh, I, I've always thought that, you know, you were just widening your time you, until he was able to get back. Yeah. And we've been wondering when we were going to see him. We finally saw him. Um, I won't say that he was overwhelming at the point of attack, but, you know, he didn't need to be. He, he got inside position on the man he needed to be and was able to, uh, you know, cut that area off, and Najee just flew like Superman. So it was all good. Wall. 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 That's the only word you need to know. Wall. wall. <laughs> he is a wall. <laughs> he is a wall. He is a moving wall like a, like in a banquet room, right? <laughs> we go into ballrooms. Yep. Big walls you move to create spaces. He was that. That's all he needed to do. You That's know, it, exactly. Just create the opportunity and create the gap for Najee to score. And he did that. Check, check. Check, check. <laughs> all right. And we will check, check out right now. You're in the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas. Max is in Mexico. And we'll be back with more.